Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by BetSports. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. Andy is busy or sick or his internet doesn't work. Whatever excuse he came up with this morning, he doesn't want to hang out with us. So we're going to do the three-man weave, as I like the producer Dan called it. Joining me today, Mr. Matthew Rooney, producer Dan. Gentlemen, what did we think of the football game? I'll start with you, Maddie. Was that fun? I don't really know. No, no, it wasn't fun. Um, it's a, Again, it's similar to what we talked about like last week until the last couple uh, last couple minutes. It was like a game that happened, and it's really unfortunate what happened to Kyler, those non-contact injuries, and then what Cliff Kingsbury said about it afterwards pretty much confirms that it's very likely a torn ACL or hopefully not a blown Achilles. That would probably be even worse. Um, hopefully he's okay and bounces back, you know, whatever it is, six to whatever months from now. But, yeah, it was, I don't know. Both teams are very not fun to watch, and even when the Patriots put up points, they're not fun to watch doing it. It's just – it was kind of gross football. Yeah, once Kyler Murray got hurt, it was kind of like, well, there goes the air out of this game. Yeah. Because, look, man, I can be objective. I can be an objective sports taker, journalist, whatever you want to call me. I am not a journalist. Uh, I love Colt McCoy. I will always love Colt McCoy. Obviously, like Texas quarterback. I gave Andy and Drew the sob story about how unfortunate his college career was, even though he had a great college career. But, like, don't nobody want to watch Colt McCoy play in the NFL in the year 2022. I love the guy. I'm surprised he still plays. He loves playing football so much when he could just like go back to Texas and be Colt McCoy and get paid just to be Colt McCoy, but still loves playing, which I mean is admirable that he loves doing it so much that he keeps playing and it's going to be his team the rest of the year. Obviously with Kyler there, they haven't confirmed the results of the MRI, but the initial fears were at torn ACL, which when you see a guy go down with a non-contact injury like that, like that's the immediate fear took the entire air out of the game and they held on as long as they could. But like their team around Colt McCoy, was pretty bad. And then Colt McCoy got hit. He just like, Matthew Judon was terrorizing him. They couldn't pass protect. And it was like, well, this might, we might get an interesting ending. And then the Patriots went up 14 and it was like, ah, this is probably over. over. And it was over. So it was a bummer. Like it could have been an entertaining game if Kyler Murray hadn't gotten hurt. And then he does, it just kind of takes the air out of everything. And you're just like, well, well, we're on to Thursday night football this week, which 49er Seahawks is actually a really big game. So might actually be fun. So just kind of a bummer. Uh, especially if anybody had a close fantasy matchup. That was the week yeah. to get into the fantasy playoffs. I don't know if you guys spent some morning just kind of soaking up some um, just sad tweets in, in the fantasy football Twitterverse, but a lot of people didn't make the fantasy playoffs when they should have, thanks to uh, Mr. Murray, which is obviously the most important thing, right? Yeah. So shout out to Texas Tony underscore on Twitter, oh. who tweeted at Matthew Barry last night. Uh, his league mate lost by four one-hundredths of a point in fantasy football with Kyler Murray as a starting quarterback. Oh, no. That's the one I saw. So he was 88.8 to 88.76. Uh, so that was Matthew Barry retweeted that last night. So, yeah. This is why I don't play fantasy football, guys. Like, nothing good comes from fantasy football. Hey, if you do play fantasy football and you lost, you're like Texas Tony and lost by 0.4 percentage points or 0.4 hundredths of a point, Head over to the Fantasy Life app or DLF or 4 for 4. Check out their daily fantasy and re- redraft stuff, guys. They got they got stuff going on for fantasy football all season round, even if you're out. Look at Matt. Maybe you made the playoffs and have Kyle Maybe Lewis. you did. Now I need maybe, a quarterback. Now I need a quarterback. Where do you go? They're going to help you out. I like that. It was a great little plug. I like Thank a nice you. organic Thank plug. You. It fit. I just Let's felt get like into fit. the day's events. How do we, we got lots of sports today to cover. Sorry, Dan. What do you got? I said, how are we doing the NBA last night? I was trying a seamless segue there. 
Ah, it's, oh. it's, I like it when we try to do segues and interrupt each other. But <laughs> it was okay. It was a one and two night. Um, the Pacers' money line, somehow they only lost by five points, shooting 35% from the field or something last night. So sure. I still feel like I made the right bet in that situation, but one and two, nothing crazy. We're back at it again tonight. A smaller slate, um, but two looks that I like. And one, I'm a, one I like and I'm a little nervous about. The other one, I'm just happy to bet the Rockets. I'm just going to keep betting the Rockets. This is who I am as a person this year as an NBA veteran. Uh, it has actually done pretty well for us. Outside of taking them plus 10 back-to-back in Denver, pretty much a lot of winners for us here. The Rockets are six points underdogs to a Phoenix Suns team who is not in a great travel spot and is going to be missing their best player. Devin Booker is going to be out for this game. Now, Chris Paul just got back, but we know that older players, especially some of these smaller guards, can take them some time to work themselves back in. Um, might actually help integrating Chris Paul because he doesn't have to share the ball with Devin Booker, but I don't think the market has adjusted the rating for the Suns team nearly enough. I had this closer to three and a half, four, so Rockets plus six or better looks good. Um, they talk myself into a money line bet. I want to see how the injury report shakes out, but like the Rockets quite a bit tonight against the Suns. And the New Orleans Pelicans, I think the best team in the Western Conference at this point now. You know, it's relatively close, but honestly, get yourself some Pelicans futures. Get them to win the West. Get them to win the championship at this point. This team is really good. They're very deep. No Brandon Mingram tonight, but they go up against a Utah Jazz team that hasn't quite reverted to, I think, the form we expected this um, at the beginning of the season, they're not quite in full tank mode, but no Colin Sexton is, I think, a much bigger injury than maybe people are making um, making out in terms of the ratings here. I would have the Pelicans closer to four-point favorites, honestly, so anything two or less. And again, I'm happy to lay the one and a half or two. You can play the money line if you want. In an NBA game, they very rarely come down to one or two points. So now that I said that, it's almost certainly going to be <laughs> by one tonight, but I'm going to lay the one and a half anyway. So a dog and a favorite. Give me the Rockets and the Pelicans tonight. So uh, so we were kind of offlining about this this morning, and I have a question, and this is kind of a semi-serious question, because so if you miss it this morning, the NBA, like they basically put names on all of their awards. So the MVP award is now the Michael Jordan award, so on and so forth. But they've also added the clutch player of the year award, which they named after Jerry West. And I don't want to get into how someone named was nicknamed Mr. Clutch after losing the finals in eight of the nine times he went in his career. That's neither here nor there. Like, we have a hard enough time quantifying, like, defensive player of the year and most improved player of the year. How the hell do you quantify the most clutch player There's, in any sport? I guess you would look at, like, like crunch points time in scoring, the quarter, yeah. in points with games. a few minutes left in the game, in, in close games. But, like, um, somebody I'm going to chat with, Doc Better, I'm trying to find who he mentioned, should have won the clutch award because he has more buzzer beaters than anybody in the game. Um, AJ Griffin, AJ I think Griffin. Has two buzzer yeah. beater, better buzzer clutch. beaters. So is he your clutch player? It's leader in the clubhouse. It's really ambiguous. And like you said, like most improved player, it's so it's such a weird award. Defensive player can be strange, but we find value in those markets because they're kind of weird. So yeah. I think it'll take us a couple of years of voting to figure it out, but I expect it will be something like a combination of, who made game-winning shots, who had the most sort of like ESPN highlight packages like, and then the last two minutes, it's DeRozan time. Like, I feel like DeRozan might have gotten it last year or something like that. So, yeah, I, I like that the NBA is naming the awards. That's kind of nice. It's always good to me to kind of give a nod to some of the great players. Um, I don't know like, if I agree with all the names that they picked in. The Michael Jordan MVP trophy is one of the ugliest things that I've ever seen in yeah, my entire weird. 
life. It looks so bad. And they came up with all these reasons. So I don't know if you guys saw the graphic. Like, it has a 23-point faceted crystal ball because Michael Jordan was number 23. He they was? Tilted it. They tilted it at a 15-degree angle because he played for 15 seasons. It has five sides as a base because he won five MVPs. There's a six-sided nameplate because he won six championships. This is... Again, if you're a Parks and Rec watcher, they made a camel. They made a horrible, horrible camel. And anybody that wonders how stuff like this has happened has clearly never worked in a corporate setting. So it's just a beautiful kind of culmination of all this stupidity at once. But I love the NBA. I like all the awards. I think the Clutch Award is going to be fun, but no clue how, how that's even going to go. And Did you read anywhere if they were going to do it this year? Or does it start? I have no year? idea. But just to because I had to go look this up because my brain is wired this way. I was going to ask you if you could guess who led the league in clutch scoring. Uh, I've never heard of this person, so I'd imagine you probably don't. Uh, you probably wouldn't get to it, but Delano Banton of Toronto. Oh. No, he's only played in two games. He's only played two games, and he averages 5.5 clutch points. Clutch, uh, clutch player of the year, give it to him yeah. right now. But in all honesty, when you look down the rest of the list in terms of clutch scoring, second is Damian Lillard, third Brandon Ingram, fourth Jalen Brunson, fifth DeMar DeRozan. Desmond Bain, Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, Darren Fox, Steph Curry. So it feels like this is kind of a way to get uh, Damian Lillard an award. <laughs> Sean <laughs> points that out, Scott. That's a very good point. Yeah. So, all right. Sorry to continue to derail things. That's no, okay. it's all right. It's We had to talk about it. Yes. I you just mentioned Parks and Rec, though. No, I, think I'm, I think I'm due for a Parks and Rec rewatch now that you mention it. I haven't seen that show. I haven't rewatched it in a little bit. Fell asleep it's to it excellent. last night. Speaking of things show. that are excellent. Yes. Hockey is excellent. Oh, that's the sound of hockey, the way it looks. Honestly, I think hockey might be my favorite sporting event to watch live. Tennis is pretty close. But, like, you go to a hockey game, nothing sounds like that. And I like being cold. There's something about having a sweatshirt on. And watching it's like you're not, like, cold, but you're, like, it's, like, cool in there. It's not like you're not freezing, mm -hmm. but it's, like, nice and cool. It's and like you don't you're have in a refrigerator. Worry about exactly. You're, you're sitting nice. in a refrigerator. It is, without question, the best live to watching on TV compared, like, gas. Yes. But totally agree. Um, I, play, playoff hockey is awesome to watch yeah. on TV or in person. Obviously, better in person. But in terms of regular season hockey, there's no bigger variance between TV to in person. It's just it, it's 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 that much better to watch in person. I, there, there's a bigger slate in the NHL tonight. I only have uh, one game involved. I actually this isn't uh, just because I'm a Hawks guy, but I was going through all of the games and there were was trying to find some stuff I liked and I just didn't. There were actually some some pretty good matchups in the NHL tonight. The Lightning and the Kraken play. Uh, I think the Jets and the Golden Knights are going at it. The, the Bruins and the Islanders, what could be an Eastern Conference Finals preview. But it's just too early for me to start pounding unders with contenders, and I, I didn't really feel comfortable with any of those. I do feel comfortable fading the Blackhawks, though, against the Capitals. Um, after a shakier start, the Capitals have won four in a row. They're scoring a lot of goals lately, and the Blackhawks have just one goal in their last three games. Uh, they play at the United Center tonight. Alex Ovechkin sitting uh, on 797 career goals too, so only three away from 800. He's a hat trick away. The Blackhawks are not that the most good. all time. Uh, no, he's he's uh, just got inside of 100 away from Gretzky. Um, he uh, he's probably going to get there. Um, I, I would I I think he's going. I mean, he's already got 17 goals this How year. How old is he? He's 36. He's I mean these guys guys like him and the really good players can still play till they're 40 or so. He's 37. He's not gonna, I mean, his game is just shoot puck hard. Um, and he he does that really, really well, and he's very accurate with it. Oh, he I mean the, the pace he's got to keep up 
he's only going to have to average probably uh 25 ish 20 goals a year for the next three years and i think he can do that i think honestly he'll just play till he catches gretzky at this point um but yeah we're gonna take the capitals who are playing really good hockey over the blackhawks minus one and a half that was a plus money i forgot the number and then for the capitals dylan strome coming back to united center over his over half a goal so him to score tonight at plus 310 um i just like the story there of him coming back to his old place he's been pretty good this year he's got six goals on the season been a nice player for the capitals get some power play time for him uh, Blackhawks, not very good defensively, like I said. So uh, let's give Dylan Strom a, a two-score goal, a plus three, ten a chance. And then, yeah, ride with the Capitals, minus one and a half. I think that's a national game tonight, too. I want to say that's on ESPN because it's an 8 o'clock local start. So you might be able to watch that one. So the only reason I'm even, like, tangentially aware of any of this is because, like, for over a decade now, John Butchergross from ESPN has been speculating that Ovechkin was going to break Gretzky's goal record. The goal record is 894. So Ovechkin at... 37 years old in a couple of years. I mean, if he doesn't get hurt, he will end up. Breaking. He's going to get there because he's going to, he'll play till he's 41 or yeah. so. And it's, it'll well, be very cool. And he'll be nowhere near Gretzky's no. point total. If you, if you were, isn't it true? Like if you removed, it's either if you, if you Wayne Gretzky never goal, scored a goal in his, his, in his NHL career, he'd still be the all time NHL points leader. Yeah. It's my favorite stat of all time. Yeah. Like absolutely absurd. I don't know if that's better than, which let's see if you guys know this. Which has there been more of people to walk on the moon or people to score a postseason run against Mariana Rivera? Well, I'm guessing by the way you set it up, the answer is there have been more people to walk on the moon. I'm gonna say it's a tie. <laughs> more people have walked on the moon. It's twelve to eleven, I think. Yeah. It that's absurd. that's pretty nuts. Yeah, that is ridiculous. What's your favorite random tennis fact, noobs? I don't know. I probably should have a tennis fact. I just want there to always be a set that's all breaks, and it happens about once every five years. We had one last year. It's my favorite. Gold standard. The broken set. The broken set. I'm trying to remember my favorite tennis thing, and I can't remember which. I think was it 87 or 88? Steffi Graf winning the French Open final in like 34 minutes. That is, those are fun. 32 minutes. She, she I think that is still the record. Iga was pretty close in yeah. one of those finals. She bageled Natasha Zvereva in a in a French Open final. <laughs> Double bageled her, excuse me. Impressive. Yeah. What do we have today? I mean, I don't think uh, we're going to have any Steffi Graf caliber tennis in Limoges, but I think you have some. You have one bet today. Indeed, we do. Um, this will start up just a little bit there. Um, the match, one of the matches we talked about yesterday, unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to get our under 20 in the Bogdan Katrina Scott match. Bogdan blows a chance to serve it out here. But once that match is over, um, this is Ben I talked about yesterday, so you might already have this in your pocket. Anna Blankova, uh, Greek men in first set over nine and a half. And again, I failed to correct the price again today. This should be closer to even money. I think you could actually find this at minus 105, maybe plus 100. Um, again, two really strong servers run indoor hard courts. This generally to longer sets. You start to look at the first few matches here and go back even through the years here. A lot of six fours, a ton of seven fives, some seven sixes here. Again, two very strong servers that have gotten themselves back in form during kind of the end of the season here. Had this closer to an even 10, probably at minus 15 or so. So again, nine and a half at um, plus money. It's even, you know, minus 10 or better looks pretty good to me. Um, two strong servers. I think we see at least a 6-4 here, hopefully a 7-5. I might try to stack up um, and do a little bit of a ladder here, but hard to find those odds. So just the first set, over 9.5. Again, that'll be starting shortly. Hopefully you got it yesterday. I love it. I was hoping you had something big plus money for me. 
Sorry, I got nothing. It's or scrapping at the at the. I know, the end. I, I know. Nip, nipping at the ends. It's scrape, scraping the bottom of the barrel, trying to was figure it, out what. Was it? Uh, was it next week? You were saying might be might be slim on the tennis bets. There's going to be no tennis next week I at all. It's single A tennis, Matt. I'm not doing single A tennis. I don't know who any of these people are. Some of them are unranked. Yes. I think half of one of the tournaments is unranked. But oh, what is fair. Patrick talking about here? What is any oh. ENG? Empty net goals. Yeah. Oh. Well, that was the that was the other thing. Butchergrass, his most recent thing about Ovechkin was they if they if he's at eight nine if he's tied with Gretzky, you cannot put him on the ice for empty net. Like eight ninety five, the record breaker cannot be an empty yeah. net goal. Like, Especially, and there's nothing wrong with it because they yeah. count. They are empty net goals. Yeah. Ovechkin does score a good amount of empty net goals. Um, there, again, nothing wrong with that. It is a goal. It counts. You have to be on the ice. You're going against an extra skate, skater, but like that, that goal cannot be an empty netter. Now, there's never an empty net goal in soccer, right? There's always got to be a goalie out there. Uh, yeah, you might get the scenario where like a goalkeeper, they'll bring a goalkeeper up for uh, like a, it's like one, one, it's like they're down one, nothing late and they have to score. So they'll bring the goalkeeper up on a corner kick and it conceivably you could like boot it from all the way down the field. But uh, there's no, you're never going to take the goalie off the field in soccer. So, yeah. I can dig it. Well, we've got some soccer today. Argentina, Croatia. Are we going to get another uh, 0-0-1-1 Croatia tie? Because that's how they play soccer in the knockout phases? So I don't think that's going to be what happens, but I wouldn't be overly surprised if that's what happens in that game. Um, sorry, I have, to, I have to write down some time codes because noobs flipped the order of the show on me just now. Um because it's oh, gonna do basketball next. It's fine. Um, so I, my bet for this game, my bet for the game today here, I think Argentina. So Argentina to advance and under two and a half goals at plus one sixteen. This was a same game parlay at FanDuel. Uh, you can get other things. You can just get Argentina to win and under at at, at like plus two fifty. But remember, they have to win in regulation. And you, I talked about it the last time, and it hit again. Now eight of the last nine group stage games at tournaments for Croatia have gone to extra time. I know a lot of people like the over in this game because there's going to be there's a couple of guys out for Argentina and so on and so forth. No team is built to suffer. Like there's this idea in soccer that like to win you have to suffer. You have to play as hard as you can and you have to play physical and you have to really dig your heels in as hard as you can to win the game. And that's how Croatia plays. They are not going to be the kind of team that is going to just want to play back and forth, up and down the field. They're going to want to play physical. They're going to want to try to limit what Argentina is going to do. And even though they're different kinds of players in the kind of same manner of speaking, the the way you attack Argentina is the same way teams are going to attack France, which is you just make sure there's two or three people on Lionel Messi or Kylian Mbappe at all times. I think that's what they're going to do. Now, if you saw the game against uh, the Netherlands, that doesn't really matter for Lionel Messi because he finds space that doesn't actually exist in a normal human-like plane of existence. Like he operates in four dimensions. But I still four. think that Croatia is really going to try to scrap this game, muck this game up. Argentina, their uh, expected non-penalty expected goals are about seven and a half in five games. So they score, but maybe not as much as you would think. And I think the game plan is going to be, can Julian Alvarez or someone else on that team beat us? Because they just cannot afford to let Messi dictate the flow of the game. So I think it's going to be cagey. I think Argentina is going to advance. And if you want to take a, a heat, my, my, uh, our, my Croatia draw heat check, uh, if you want to add to this, 
a correct score of one to one, meaning it does go to extra time again for Croatia and the under still hits and Argentina advances. That's plus 934 at FanDuel. So if you want to play that, uh, fine. But I, I think that this game's going to be cagey. I think the later you get in tournaments, if, uh, Savage Samurai says this on Bovada. And I don't know if it's on Bovada. You'll have to check. I got this off of FanDuel. Um, but I do think the later you get, the more like evenly matched things are, well-coached teams are. I think that the games tend to get a little bit cagier. So I don't expect it to be end-to-end. I would love it to be end-to-end. I'm pulling for Argentina to win. I want to see Messi win the World Cup. But I think Croatia, this the way that they play and their attitude is really conducive to winning slugfest kinds of games, getting to extra time, doing all that. But I'm going with Argentina to advance and under two and a half at plus 116. I like it. I'm just kind of because I know what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just betting all these games. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna take either team to win in penalties. I'm not sure what the price on that is, but that's been a fun bet. And then I like. I took Andy's half. over eight and a half corners bet in the Argentina Netherlands game that never came close. That's the last well, bet. Those are so weird. There was like one. There was like two corner kicks in regulation. And then they go to extra time, and then every other second there was a corner. Kick. I, I still blame Andy. Yeah, I mean. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to play other team to win in penalties in my favorite World Cup, second half, highest scoring half. I think it's like plus 120. Let's get a nice 0-0 start, 1-1 second half, boring extra time, penalty kicks. Well, I think my – my uh, if I'm assuming Andy will be back tomorrow if his internet's working. My – the look I like kind of been thinking about for tomorrow is fr- a, ha- a draw first half France full game. So like 0-0 halftime, France wins one nothing 2 nothing late kind of thing. That's kind of the look that I was looking for. I'm trying to see if I can find like Do you think we get the final replay? You think it's going to be France Croatia again? I think I legitimately think it could be. I would not be surprised if anything happens the rest of this tournament. You could give me you could tell me like do I think Morocco is going to win tomorrow? No. If you were, if you were to tell me that the Morocco is going to win, I'd be like, "Sure. Why not?" Like I'm here for Morocco World Cup champions. I want to see Argentina I want to see the two best teams who are left in the tournament play each other. I, I love Kylian Mbappe. Lionel Messi is my favorite soccer player of all time, point blank period. So I want to see them win really badly. Um, but if they could very well lose today, we could see Croatia, Morocco. We could see Croatia, Argent, or uh, Morocco, Argentina, like France. Like I think everything's on the table, and that what makes it fun. I think France does win tomorrow, but I mean, at this point, you can't really just doubt that Morocco's got a fighting chance, even though I don't think they're going to win. They're just going to make it nice and messy. And speaking of nice and messy, what's messier than college football? Nothing. We have all these games. People and are quitting. Early bowl college football. People are leaving. People are deciding not to play. What's going on? Uh, so I got a pick for Friday's game in the hometown. But it used to be the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl. It would always be the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl to me. Um, I'm going to lay the 10.5 points with UAB going up against Miami, Ohio. Miami, Ohio, just a middling MAC team. And I know the MACTION protocol was underdogs and overs, but that's when it's MAC on MAC crime. Um, this is not. They're going up against the UAB team, who is a pretty decent football team, had a pretty good year um, in Conference USA, played some pretty good teams, pretty tough, including UTSA, who won that conference, took them to double overtime, hung around with LSU for a little bit before LSU kind of ran it up on them. Um, uh, Miami, Ohio had a negative point differential this year, only scored 20 points a game, allowed 22. They don't stop the run very well. UAB has a running back that runs the ball very well. Dwayne McBride has over 1,700 yards rushing this year. Uh, I think UAB is going to be able to do just about whatever they want offensively, and I don't think Miami is going to be able to keep up with them much. And then, uh, yeah, this one kicks off at 10.30 a.m. 
on Friday morning. So like I talked about last week, we're going we're gonna to come up with a live bet for this one at the end of the show. Uh, but yeah, this one kicks off bowl season on Friday afternoon, Friday afternoon, Friday morning. Nice little Friday morning coffee and kickoff. Love it. Yeah. That, that's 1130 Eastern. For those of you confused, Matt is in the central time zone. If you're new to the show, you know, by now I live like, in, I live in God's time. So he lives in God's time zone. Of course he does. Yeah. I mean, it's great. We have that. We have a full state on Saturday. Oh, yeah. That's what people in the central time zone refer to it as. It's the uh, best a couple of call it the best time zone, but God's time zone, worst case is wherever Jerusalem is. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, no, uh, a couple of quick ones for me. Uh, I didn't put these on a card or anything, but FCS playoffs and FCS games this weekend. We're into the semifinals. North Dakota State's laying eight and a half against Incarnate Word at home. Like Incarnate Word and Sacramento State played the highest scoring FCS playoff game of all time on Friday night, awesome. 66-63 or something like that. Uh, I respect the hell out of the way Incarnate Word plays. Uh, I'm gonna, I would lay eight and a half with North Dakota State at home against them. I don't think Incarnate Word's gonna be physical enough to contend. And then the Celebration Bowl, which is the HBCU National Championship, uh, is between North Carolina Central and Jackson State. Jackson State is a 15 and a half point favorite after getting their asses kicked in this game last year with a coach whose mind is elsewhere preparing for his new job at Colorado. Meanwhile, his quarterback has been traveling with him back and forth between Colorado because he's bringing his son with him. The MEAC has won five of the six celebration bowls and North Carolina Central is the only MEAC team that has ever lost the celebration bowl. So if you're going to give me 15 and a half in a game where I'm not sure Jackson State's entire focus uh, at least some of the people participating in this uh, is on this game. I would take North Carolina Central and don't even hate a little money line sprinkle, whatever the best price you could get on that. But uh, yeah, fading Dion until he gets to Colorado. And then I can't wait to see what happens because it's going to be just a fucking train wreck. With Dion in Colorado, it's either going to go D1, it's, D1. It's going one way or the other, and there's no in between. It's either going, yeah, there's not going to be a whole lot of or terribly. It's going to yeah. be fireworks either way. Yeah, it's gonna be, there's going to be a lot of them. It's going to be fantastic. I'm here for fireworks. Let's do it. What more could you want? I mean, I've needed a college team to cheer for a little while. I'm always kind of a Penn State fan because that's where you got I the am. Rose Bowl, man. Country. What? You're going to the Rose Bowl. You got the Rose Bowl. I'm not going to the Rose Bowl. Your team is. Never, I don't know, or we'll never meet. Or going to the Rose Bowl. You might meet with one James Franklin, who was a good recruiter, not a good coach. I know a lot of smart people who seem to like Penn State in that game, largely because. Utah's best weapon on offense and their uh, their cornerback, who I think won the Thorpe Award for best defensive back in the country, both opted out. And as far as I know, nobody has opted out for Penn State. I mean, I know Penn State fans are hoping that Sean Clifford will opt out, but I don't think that's going to happen. Just don't play him. Probably not. He stinks. <laughs> I mean, it's like you said, it is the Rose Bowl. He's, I can't imagine right. opting out of that. Like That seems to be like a pretty big deal. I know it's not the national championship game, although it probably just should be. Well, they're they they they've agreed that to finally get off their high horse and be part of the rotation for the playoff. Like we were finally able to settle on a an expanded format for the playoff uh, because the Rose Bowl finally stopped having their noses up their own asses and said, "Okay, fine, we'll play ball." So, which by the way, great setting. I will. I, my last thing I'll say before we wrap: if you've never been, like, and don't go. To, I'm not talking like go to a UCLA game. Like the actual Rose Bowl game is one of those things that even if you're a cynic, you'll be like, "What's the big deal?" And then you get there, and I just can't explain. It's just somehow it's still magical. It's just I was, like the, the view. I was fortunate enough to go last year. I agree. It's yeah. it's you just it's I don't know. It, you're at the Rose Bowl. It's just yeah. really it's really cool. It's, it makes no when sense. the sun sets at the Rose Bowl. It's just it's it's there's there's nothing better than that. It makes no sense, but it's awesome. Well, I can think of one thing better: the show. 
Ending yeah, the, oh, I thought you were going to say ending the show. And we'll be back tomorrow. Well, not quite ending the show. We'll be back tomorrow. Hot day action. Maybe Andy, maybe not. Who knows? Until then, give us a thumbs up, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. At the very least, I'll see you tomorrow.